Head towards your, your seat. It'll be good. So just want to say welcome. If you're, if you're first time at Branches, just welcome. We, we, uh, my hope for people who come and visit, that just come for whatever, whatever reason you walk through the doors, is that you have been welcomed, that you have found a place to where you can worship, worship God in, in the way that you worship. So hopefully that's been met, and hopefully uh, just through the service today you'll be, God will speak to you, because that's what we, we come here to worship God, we come here to hear from God. So got a couple, um, <clears throat> couple of like businessy announcements that needs to make, I need to make. So first off, Jack right now is in, um, down in the Indiana Department of Corrections with uh, Kairos Ministry. And I think right now he's, he's preaching. So um, I told him we'd pray for him. So I, te- I sent him a text this morning, but you guys just join me in prayer. Let's just lift Jack up in, in the ministry that is so vital that he's in part of. So Lord, we, we just uh, pray for Jack right now. God, would you give him boldness? Give him uh, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, speak through him uh, what the message is you want the men that he's... he's uh, He's ministering to the, the message you want them to receive. Lord, we pray for um, just receptive hearts. We pray for responses today, um, for lives being made new within the Department of Correction. So thank you for that ministry. Thank you for Jack's um, service and his willingness to go and serve you in, uh, to those that are imprisoned. So just bless him and, and be with him. And, and, sh- and God, we pray for fruit out of that. We look forward to hearing what, what comes out of this today. So we lift him up in Jesus' name, amen. So, so um, second bit of, of uh, announcement or business, I guess, is, is, you know, as a church, we, we kicked off the, um, the year with this Love Warsaw initiative. And the idea was that we would, we would all find a, a place within the, the city of Warsaw to, to go out and serve to be a part of our community and to serve our community. And so the challenge was is that, is that we would commit one week, one hour, one week a week, one hour, one hour a week that you would go serve in some capacity. And so we provided you with a little card, and those cards are out on the table. And, and here's what I, I believe is happening. I believe some of you guys are doing that and are engaging. I, we also believe and we recognize that that could be intimidating, that... Um, for some of us, it could just be scary just taking that initial step to walk through the doors of an organization and say, what can I do? And that could be a bit intimidating. So what we, what we want to do, because we're approaching that half-year mark, is we want to provide opportunity for us to love Warsaw and to serve in Warsaw. So the, we've, we've created a thing we're calling Serve Saturday, and we're actually kicking it off um, on Friday night, so Friday night, May 4th, and Saturday, May 5th is Serve Saturday. Um, and here's how it's going to go down. On Friday night, we're, we will meet here at 6 p.m. We will pray and prep, and then we will go because it'll be first Fridays. And we'll, as we pray, we'll ask God for, for assignments for the night. Then we'll go to First Fridays and, and look for those assignments that we believe God has given us, and we'll engage with the people that God has, has directed us to engage with. We'll pray for them, we'll encourage them, and we'll come back and, and, uh, and share our stories and have a great time um, just rejoicing in what God does that night. So, so that's, that's the first Friday prayer. Saturday morning, we'll gather here in the morning and we will prep and pray. And then we have gotten um, three or four areas within our community that we can go serve for a couple hours. And so we have, um, 
Miller Mary Manor, we, we've set something up with them to go in and just, and just be with the residents there. Beeman Home, uh, the women's um, facility, we've got some stuff we could do there. We've got some things we're, we're lining up for if, you, if you're handy and got some construction skills to be able to just help some people within our church and within the community with you know, some household um, honeydews that need to get knocked out. And so that's Saturday the 5th. And so here's what we need you to do. If, if you want to participate in, in either Friday night or Saturday, we have sign-up sheets in the back. And the sign-up sheets have specific number of lines because some of the places we're going to, we can only bring in a, a certain amount of people. So once that once those that sheet fills up, you have to move to another sheet. And we want to get those filled up. And we just want to, we want to commit that that Saturday in about three weeks from now that we're going to just, as a group, go out and love Warsaw. And so if, uh, if at the end of service, when you walk out right outside the doors, you'll see the table. And just, you know, look them over and sign up for one of them. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just keep planning for that. And that's going to be a great Friday and Saturday for us to, to put to, to foot what we talk about. To go out and, and, and love Warsaw the way God's called us to love Warsaw, okay? So, uh, so that's, that's the announcements. If you have your Bible, turn to um, 2 Corinthians. And we're going to land there towards the end of this time together, but um, just so you prep for that. So, so what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, and Dave, Dave kind of talked about this, is we've been talking about our identity. And we've been talking about just how God created us, and, and, and we talked about some of the lies that we believe about ourselves and, and, and just where we're supposed to walk in relationship to God and relationship to Jesus. And the reason I feel this is important because I believe that most of us, if not all of us, on some level, we put on a set of lenses of how we view ourselves and those lenses tend to be a little bit tainted. And, and so we, we look at ourselves because we've been told or raised in a certain way. And sometimes what we've been told and how we've been raised does not necessarily, necessarily align with who Jesus says we are. And so, so maybe it could be that in our, somewhere in our life we experienced a crisis or a situation to where we made a vow with ourselves. And through that vow that we made, we've, it's, it's dictated how we view life and how we view ourselves. So, so it could be a situation like this. Personally, I made a vow that I would never serve inside the walls of the church again. And this was in 2003. I said, I will never, I'll serve God, I love God, but I will never serve in a church again. I made a vow. God laughed at that vow. But, but you see, you know, and I just, I, because of a situation that happened in my life, I decided I will never let this happen to me again, and it happened in a, in a church, I will never serve. And I, I, I actually, I, I know I, I like consciously made that vow, but sometimes we make vows we don't even know we make. So, so I discovered a lie that I had believed in my life, and I had been believing it since I was 12 years old, and, and a friend of mine pointed it out to me about five or six years ago, and he said, you know, Tom, in relationships, you do this, this, and this, and it, it, it ticked me off. It made me mad that he was calling me out on that, but as I, as I looked back, what I realized was he, he was right, and as I, as I looked back, I realized that an event happened to me when I was 12, and it, it caused me to believe something that wasn't true about who I was. And then that, it, that was reinfer, reinforced in my life when I was about 17. It was again reinforced in my life when I was in my early 20s. And then again reinforced in my life when I was 30. And that same thing kept getting reinforced. That caused me to believe who I was in relation to other people. And it, it wasn't true. It was a lie. 
And, and so that has affected how I view myself in relation to other people. And it's not really true of what, how God views me. And so if you notice today, a lot of the songs we sing about, we sing about today was how God views us, our identity in him. And so um, I just believe that we need to get to a place as followers of Jesus where we fully understand our place and our, who, who God says we are. And we walk in that because then we could be effective for his kingdom. I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I think this is still true, is that a lot of times when, when we, I have the opportunity to sit with a person and talk with them, this ends up coming out, that there's an identity crisis, that some, they're, they're viewing themselves differently than how God views them. And, and a lot of times we get a chance to pray and, and, and let God tell this person what, what he thinks of them. And so this, you know, just recently, Joe and I, my wife is Joe, sitting in front, we had the opportunity to, um, to spend some time with a woman, and she's, she's not able to be here today, and, and she gave me you know, permission to share her story um, because it was so powerful on how God made some adjustments to her identity. So I just kind of want to share that story through the course of the next you know, 20 minutes or so. But, so. So this woman comes into the offices, and Joe and I meet her, and um, she openly admits that, that she she's feels far away from God. That she, you know, she's, she's known Jesus since she was a little girl, but she feels far away from God. She openly admits that she doesn't hear from God anymore. She doesn't pray to God. She's not reading her Bible. She just has no desire to press in with her relationship with God. And so as she starts to tell her story to us, um, it turns out, you know, she's in her mid-30s now. When she was 17, her, her father died. And, and, and since the time she was 17 and her father died and he died of cancer and it was, you know, it was, it was just a, a messed up situation in her life, she's kind of gone down this path. And as a result of, of this feeling far away, she, she has anger and she has some pain and some disappointments in where life is with her. So this is the story she's telling us. She's recently moved back into this area and she, um, she's moved back because she has a mother that's, that's sick and, and not doing well. And so she came back to take care of her sick mother and her aunt who are living in the same home. And, um, and that's causing some frustrations in her life. Um, so she has some, some anger about what's happening in her life. And she also has some anger and frustrations towards her siblings who have abandoned her to take care of her mom. As soon as she came back, all the siblings split and she's left alone. So, so this is what this woman is carrying. So, so what we did is we prayed with this woman. And, and we, we prayed with her in, in, the, in the assignments that we've given over the past couple of weeks. So, so here, here's what we did. The first week we talked about how we are made in God's image. We talked about the perfect plan of creation. And if you were here two weeks ago, the week after Easter, we talked about how God created us in his image and, and what he created was very good. And this was the identity that he created us in. And he created us to walk in communion with him and to walk in love with him and intimacy with him. And so the assignment for that week was to go home and ask God, God, would you tell me what you think about me? And so if you went home and you, you just you know, spent, spent some time asking God, God, what is it you think about me? And, and, you know, if you were here last week, Rick shared his testimony of what God said to him. God said to him, son, you're worth it. And he used another person to deliver that message and how powerful that was for Rick to hear God say, you're worth it. And so if you pressed in with that assignment, I, I believe that God would have spoke some truths into your heart that, that, that encouraged you, that, that told you the truth of who you were. 
So last week we talked about the lie. And so the plan was, the, per, the perfection was that God created us to walk in intimacy with him. But then the problem came with, with the lies and the deceit of the serpent and Eve in Acts chapter 3, or Genesis chapter 3, um, the lies that, that the serpent fed Eve to where she ate that fruit. We all know the story, right? And sent into the world and separation. And through those lies that she believed about herself, through the manipulation that Satan spoke in, in, the, in those few verses, Eve believed something differently than what God had created her to be. And Adam and Eve ate that fruit and sin and separation happened. And so the assignment we gave last week was that you would go home and you would ask God, God, what are the lies that I believe about myself? You've told me the truth of how you see me. Now, what are the lies that I believe about myself? And, and if you went home and did that assignment, what I believe you can, you can testify this morning is that you would say the truth of who God said I was and the lie that I believed about myself, if I have believed a lie about myself, are very different things in my life. That I believe this about myself, but the truth is God says this about me. And, and so as Joe and I prayed with this, this, this woman, we asked her to, to walk through those two assignments. And so we asked her, we said, you know, just starting off, we said, let's just pray and ask God what he says about you. And so I said, I said just out, out loud, would you just pray and say, God, who do you say that I am? And so this woman bowed her head and she said, God, who do you say I am? And, and almost instantly, she just started weeping. And, and it, was, it, was, it, it was powerful. It was really powerful to watch. And, and this process of her just hearing from God about who he says, how he sees her, it probably lasted 10 to 15 minutes and because there was a lot of tears. And it started with her saying, God's just giving me a hug right now and I need that. And that was pretty, pretty important for her. And then she says, God's telling me that I am loved. And then he, she said, God just called me his daughter. And I think for her that was so important since she had lost her father and that was a, an important relationship, obviously, to her. And so this, this, this woman had the opportunity after 17 years to hear from God and God tell her the truth, that you're loved, that I love you, that you're my daughter. And so as, as, as our time went along with her, I asked her, I said, would you, would you um, ask God if there's a lie about yourself that you've been believing. And so she, she asked God, she said, God, is there a lie about myself that I'm believing? And here's what her response was. She, she, she said that she saw a picture of herself at the house, the farmhouse that, where her dad passed away and, and back when she was 17. And she said that the lie she heard was that, and that she's believed is that she's not good enough that she didn't do things proper, and that's why her dad passed away. And that she did wrong, and that's what helped cause her dad to die of the, cat, the cancer. So, so I, I felt like at that time, I did not have to, there was no counseling needed. It was simply, well, that's a lie, right? Because God just told you, you asked him for the lie, and God just told you that. And she was able to recognize that and, and receive that and pray through that. And, and, and renounce that lie in her life. So, so our time with her ended very positively because she was able to recognize, I've been believing this lie about myself that is completely untrue. Now that God's revealed it to me, I can renounce it and I can grab hold of the truth of who God says that I am.
So God created the world and mankind in his image. It was good. He created us to, to glorify him, and this was his perfect plan. And Satan, through his lies and deceits, he led mankind down a path that led to death, and this was the problem. So this morning, we need to talk about God's plan to restore our identity, and he does that through Jesus Christ. And, and I, I believe that if we read in, if you, if you read in Genesis chapter 3, you'll find that God had his plan in place quickly. And so he immediately announces his plan. So God makes this announcement to Adam and Eve. If you remember the story, um, chapter 3, you know, the first few verses is the whole conversation between the serpent and, the, and Eve. The fruit gets eaten. Then God comes to take his walk in the cool of the evening breeze with Adam and Eve, and they're hiding because they're, they're shamed because they realize that they're naked. And God finds them and says, what's going on? And that dialogue happens. And then after that happens, in verse 14, this is what God says. It says, God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And here's God's plan. He says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heels. So Satan sets out and creates this slave relationship with, with mankind through lies and deceit. But God's plan is to crush what Satan has done and keep us and, and, and crush Satan and restore our relationship with him. I, I think about that, that verse that he, there's, there be, there be fighting between us and the snake, us and Satan, and how much times we allow ourselves to be in harmony with what Satan wants because we, we walk in, in lies because we allow sin to enter into our life and we walk in harmony. But God's saying, no, there's going to be division. You guys are going to step on each other. You're going to fight each other. And God's plan is to free us from that grab that, that Satan has. And so here's how God's plan works. If you look at the first two, which in my Bible is one page, two chapters, we see the perfect plan of creation. If you look at the first six verses in chapter 3, we see the problem that took place through lies and deceit and manipulation. And then if you take your Bible, and, and you could go to the entire end, but today I want to go from Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, to, to the second chapter of Acts. That entire section of our Bible can be summed up with God's plan to restore back his creation and our identity to walk in him. And that's God's entire plan is to restore back our relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And so, so we're not going to go through the whole Bible today, but here, you know, we, we know that through this plan, God makes a covenant with Abraham and it's Abraham's simple act of, of trusting in God that this plan comes out to play. And this is old Testament stuff. Abraham out of Abraham comes Israel and out of Israel comes Jesus. And, and through Jesus, the entire human population has been offered interest, entrance into God's plan and redemption by his grace. So if we fast forward through the Old Testament to the beginning of, of Acts, here's what we know. We know that Jesus came. We know that he lived a perfect life. We know that he hung on a cross and he gave up his life and died on that cross. But we know that, that the grip of death was defeated when Jesus walked out of that tomb three days later, when that tomb was robbed, when death was robbed, 
he walked out in order to restore back and bring back into alignment our identity that, that God has for us. And, so, and so, so the thing we need to understand is that our identity is restored through Jesus. When you say yes to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, who you are is restored. And so, so here, here's, what I, here's what I want to say. When you come to Jesus, you don't give up your life. You gain the life that you were created to have. Does that make sense? Have you known people who, who struggle with saying yes to Jesus because they, 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 they're not sure if, they're, if they want to give up the life they have? Instead, it's, no, you need to understand that when you give up this false life that you have, you actually get to gain the life that Jesus, that God created you to have through Jesus. The false life that I've been living, the life that's untrue, the life that walks me down a path of a bad identity, I get to get rid of that and I get to pick up my new life that, that was set out for me from the beginning. And that's where we'll, we'll go into to 2 Corinthians and it's chapter 5. And, and there's just a few verses that we can pull some truths about our identity out of. And it says this. It says, if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. All this comes from God. He is the one who brought us to himself when, he hate, when we hated him. He did this through Jesus Christ. Then he gave us the work of bringing others to him. God was in Christ. He was working through Christ to bring the whole world back to himself. God no longer held men's sins against them, and he gave us the work of telling and showing men this. We are Christ's missionaries. God is speaking to you through us. We are speaking for Christ, and we ask... I need to slow down because I'm getting tongue-tied. We ask you from our hearts to turn from your sins and come to God. Christ never sinned, but God put our sin on him. Then we are made right with God because of what Christ has done for us. So, so there's just a lot of verses. There's a, there's a couple verses in there of what Paul's writing that we need to hold off and talk about next week. But here's just um, three things I pulled out of these verses. And then there's a fourth. Um, and it's because of Jesus. Here's a truth about myself. I'm a new creation. Do you see that at the very beginning? I believe that this is the, the umbrella, the overarching message that we need to understand about our identity, that when we say yes to Jesus, we are a complete new creation. It's not that we take our life and we're tagging Jesus onto our life, and now we call ourselves a Christian and we, we carry on the life, but we're a complete new creation. That happens in a spiritual sense. That happens because, because the, the, the sinful bondage that is hooked onto us gets removed and we, and we get the Holy Spirit in our life. God comes and dwells within us and gives us freedom and power and authority over the grip of the sins of this world. That's an amen moment right there. If you're an amen. Or if Judy was here, I would have had an amen. Just saying. The, the junk of this world, the attachments of this world that want to dictate who we are no longer have authority in our life when we come to Christ. We're completely new. Here's a second, that we're reconciled with God. Here's what that means. It means that our relationship with him is restored. Anything that kept us from him, the sin that, that, that didn't allow us to be connected with the Father, is removed and restored. No longer 
is their separation with us and the Father. We have that, back that Genesis chapter 2 connection of that intimacy with God. The third thing we see in here is that we're made righteous, and that's at the, ver- the very end. We're made right because of what, God, what Christ had done for us. We are justified in God's eyes. We go from being people who are, who are enslaved, who are, who are in bondage, who are trapped, to being people who are free. To being people who, who have a choice to say no to something in, of this world, and we have authority to walk away from that. Before, before that, we, we, we couldn't say no to sin. We, it, was, it was what we were enslaved to. But when we come to Jesus, we have a way to say, no, this is no longer a part of me. This is not who I am. And I can walk away from that. And then the last thing that I want to point out that when we come to Jesus and our identity is restored is that we are heirs with Jesus. And we find that in Romans chapter 17, or chapter 8, chapter eight verse 17. It says, if we are children of God, we will receive everything he has promised, promised us. We will share with Christ all the things that God has given to him. When I hear the word heir, I think of inheritance. I think of being taken care of. I think of my knees being met. I have this, honestly, I think of uh, Paris Hilton. (laughs) You know, just somebody who didn't do anything to deserve what she has, but she has everything at her fingertips. But if you think about that with God, we didn't deserve to have anything that we have, but as heirs of, with Jesus, we have the inheritance of what God has to give to us because of his love for us. And we could grab hold of that. And that should, that should cause us to walk in a life where we say, no longer do I believe the, and, and trust in, the, in the, the fake, the false, the lies of this world that, that want to dictate who I am. But I know that I'm a child of God. I know that he has everything for me. I know that he created me and wants to take care of me and, and wants my life to go in a certain way. I'm going to look to him for everything that I am. So, so Joe and I were praying with this lady and she discovers, you know, God loves her. You're a child. You're my daughter. And then, then we, um, we, you know, ask her to pray about the lies and she believe, you know, she says, this is the lie I believe, that I'm not good enough, that I've done wrong, that I deserved for my father to die. And so, so what, I, what we asked her to do was an exercise to, to take that lie once she agreed that that was a lie and to give that lie to Jesus. And so what, here's what I told, asked her to do. I said, can you picture yourself with a box, like a shoe box in your hand? And, and can you put that lie in that box? And, and as soon as I said that, she got a smirk on her face. And I, I thought, oh, she thinks this is cheesy. She thinks that this is just corny, what we're doing here. And, and, but she, she got a smirk and she said, okay. And she... She put the, um, you know, she, you know, I said, just picture yourself putting the lie of, of, of that you're not good enough, that it's your fault that your father passed away. Put the lie, put the anger that you're feeling in that box. Put the, put the pain of life of what, you know, the struggles of life in that box. And would you pray and, and simply say, Jesus, I'm putting these things in this box and I'm handing them to you because I don't want them as part of my life anymore. This is just a little exercise that we asked her to do. And she did it. And she, you know, out loud, she said, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you this box. I don't want this anymore in my life. 
and, and when she got done, I said, now ask Jesus if he has something to give to you in return. I think that's fair, isn't it? I said, ask God, you know, what do you have to give to me in return as I give you these lies? And that's when she revealed to me why she had the smirk on her face when I first talked to her about this box. And, and she said, you know, it, it was instantly, she goes, I, I received my gift back. And she explained that several years ago. I don't know if it was, you know, before or after her father passed, but somebody had walked up to her and actually physically handed her a shoebox. And in that shoebox was, was, a, was it just a letter or something? Or, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how it was, but it, was a, it, was, it said something to the effect of, God wants to give you the gift of intercessory prayer. God wants to give you the gift to pray and intercede for other people. And, and as we discussed that with her, what we recognized was in order for me to intercede for other people, there's a level of intimacy that I have to have with God so that I can connect with God and then pray for other people. And so it was just this beautiful picture of God, her giving God a lie about herself and God giving her an intimate relationship and saying, I want that intimacy back. And again, you know, we're, by this time we've used up a half a box of, of tissues and, and, you know, there's some emotions flying, but she's, she's able to receive that God has good gifts for me. That when I walk in the identity that God's created me to have, and when I know who God says I am, he's got good gifts for me. And my gifting goes towards my being intimate with him, but it also goes towards how I relate to other people. And it was just a beautiful thing to, to spend a couple hours with this person and just watch God take a person that said, I don't, I, I don't know where I'm at. I, I'm just, I'm struggling. Life stinks. And, and, and in two hours, see, see this thing unfold to where this person walks out and says, I can walk through tomorrow. And as, and as we've, you know, we've kept in, in touch with her through texting and phone calls, she's saying, you know, life's still hard. I still have to walk through stuff, but I now know who, who God is to me and who I am to God. And that's somebody discovering her identity. When we walk and we understand, I'm a child of God, then some of this junk that we allow affect us in our, in our life doesn't have to affect us. It, it shouldn't matter to me if somebody says something to me about me, true or not true, if I know who I am with God. Somebody criticizes me, yeah, it could hurt, but if, I, if I'm secure in who I am with God, then, then that's what's most important. So, so here's the assignment that I want to I give out for this week. I want, I want us to walk back through the past two assignments, and then I want us to do that shoebox little thing, okay? So, so if, you've, if you've followed the assignments, you've already prayed and asked God, God, who do you say that I am? And you've received something. I promise that if you, if you do this, God's going to share something with you. You may have received that even this morning when Dave led us into worship and said, we, you could ask God right there. God may have given you a picture. God may have given you a thought. God may have given you, you know, just spoke to you in your, in your head saying, I love you. You're my daughter. You're my son. And so if you haven't done that, would you take some time to do that this week? Second, would you, would, you know, once you receive that and you know that's the truth, that's the truth of how you created me, God. Would you ask God, God, is there lies about myself that aren't true? And be willing to be honest with yourself. Be willing to write those down and say, okay, those aren't true. 
And, and, and if God gives you something that you say, yeah, I, I recognize that that's a lie, would you be willing to say, God, I recognize that's a lie because of what you just told me who I am, and I, and, and I want to renounce that and give that back to you. And, and then in, in giving that back to him, would you take that and just, it, just picture yourself putting it in a box, handing it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I give this to you because you came to restore my identity back. So the lies and the deceit and all the junk that I've been fed in my life no longer are true because you came to make me whole. And you hand that back to Jesus. And then as you do that, ask Jesus, what do you have for me in, in return? And, and I, I would be curious if if there would be somebody who, who walked through that if you don't receive something. Because I believe God's moving. I get, believe God's speaking. And I believe God wants to bring wholeness and healing to us. And I believe that there's a purpose for that, which we'll talk about next week. Cliffhanger. That's the cheesy thing. Okay. Go ahead and stand with me. Okay, we'll go with that. So every Sunday morning, there's a group of people that pray. And, and they spend some time before service praying over the service. And they pray for, pray for you guys. They pray for, for what, what God will do in your lives during this time of worship and during this time together. And so, so this morning, this, this group was praying. And this is what they, they gave me this and just said, you know, for me to share this. And so if, if, this, if this is you, then... I want to ask that you'll respond to this, okay? So if this fits you in any way, that you will respond because this is this is God wanting to do work in your life, okay? So so um, it, it says a family or a group of people, you've been sweeping away the lies, or, or I guess the picture was the picture was a family or a group of people sweeping a, a, away the lies in your life, and maybe it's a family dynamic or a group dynamic. You're sweeping those away. And you're being freed from these lies. And that the picture was that you're seeing your, your themselves um, as the Father sees you. And you're wiping away the tears caused by the lies. So, 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 so maybe in a family dynamic you're dealing with or something, there's some lies that are taking place in your family. There's some situations that's, that just are causing problems in the family or in a group dynamic or... Does that make sense? And, and so the picture is that God wants you to sweep those away and be freed from those lies. So, so if, is that, is, guys that prayed, is that, did I mess that up or is that good? Okay, okay. So, so um, if, if that is in any way relates to you, to your family, to any situation, the next few moments we offer a time to just engage with God and say, God, I, I want those lies removed. I want those things away from me. I want that, that picture of those, those lies swept away so I can be, have some freedom in my life. So there'll be people up here after this last worship song to pray with you. And would you just be bold enough to come up and say, yeah, that, that was for me. Or maybe there's a group of you. Yeah, that was for us. And, uh, and it, I just promise you it's not weird. 
We don't do weird around here. We try not to do weird around here. We try to just let God be God. And so, uh, so there's just a freedom to come up and, and, and engage with God on that level. If, if you want to just ask God to engage with you on anything, whether it's physically, whether it's something with your health, whether it's something with your identity, if you want somebody to walk with you and sit with you and pray with you about, God, how do you see me? God, what are the lies that I'm believing? And somebody to walk with you in that. As we finish this worship song, just feel comfortable to come up. You'll see people start to walk up. These are the people that will be up here to pray with you. You'll feel comfortable. Just feel comfortable. Just We're just... We're family in here. We like to we like to think of it that way, and we like to think of we're just people who wanna who wanna walk towards the path of our relationship with God and enhancing that and growing in that. So so this place is free for you to come and and just meet God on 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 terms that you need Him to to meet you with. So so that's what this is for. Also um, May 9th, which is a Wednesday night, we're going to offer a time. For you to come and and receive prayer, kind of in the way that that Joe and I were able to engage with this with this woman recently, and that's just a time that if you're struggling to press in with God on things about your identity, we we want to create some space for you to come and 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 just have some people encourage you and walk with you through that. So Monday or Wednesday, May 9th, and we'll have a sign up sheet and we'll announce it over the next uh, week or two. We're going to offer that for you to come in and and just have a a, a carved out time of a couple hours if needed to just to just press in with God and let him do some work in your life. So so that'll be for that. So so pray with me and 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 we'll just continue to worship God. Father, you are the restorer. You have a plan. And your plan was fulfilled through Jesus. And so and so everything we need to have our identity restored back how you created us is there for us. It's fulfilled. It is finished. So God, I, I pray that today, that um, as your word has gone out, as the truth of who you are to us have, has been laid out, that that we would not walk out of here and, and, and without making a, an adjustment, every one of us, that in our hearts we, would, we will commit to, to seeking you for who we are. In, in our lives, we, w- we will be determined that we will be people that would walk in the freedom that you've given us. God, that you would use us because, because we aren't bound by the trappings of this world, by the lies of this world. So God, would you, would you just, just, just be speaking to each person in here right now that you desire for them to be whole. You desire that intimacy. You desire your children to walk in, in, in your inheritance that you have for us. And God, as we commit that to you, and as you make the changes in our life that we need to make, that need to be made for our identity to be complete, would you then begin to show us the plan you have for us from now until you return? The plan you have for us to to encourage others. We love you, Lord. Thank you that we can worship you, God pray that you have been glorified in everything that has taken place in here. In Jesus' name, amen.